You are listening to the Musician Today weekly podcast with Vera Bermenko. Tune in for your insight into a professional musician's life and awesome new music. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening and thanks for tuning in. So on Musician Today, we have a very special guest, my dear friend, colleague, someone who's been an inspiration in terms of all of his you know, productive creative process and things that he's done in his film scoring. David, yay, welcome, David Fetterman. Before we go on, I'm going to read a little bit of a bio like we always do. It's kind of, you know, strange. Like I usually like to say your name after I read the bio, but since you're here, I can't just miss it. <laughs> right? So we were a bit late starting today, but that's okay. Like, you know, things run late sometimes. But there we go. So, are you ready? <laughs> Born in Canada, trained in Europe, and tested in Hollywood, composer and conductor David Fetterman brings an elegant musical voice steeped in international flair. David holds a Master's of Music degree in scoring for film, television, and video games from Berklee College in Music in Valencia campus. He studied there under Lucio Godoy and Alphonse Condé. I'm saying it right, yes? If anything, correct me. <laughs> Lucio Godoy. Lucio, okay, thanks. So he was recognized for his achievements during his master's program with the prestigious Outstanding Scholar Award at graduation. David's experience in Spain was followed by an internship in Los Angeles, working in the studio of composer Bear McCreary. Is that right? Yep. Yes, okay. <laughs> so David scored a lot of films, and one of them was short film Ever Bliss, directed by Celine Tai. Haro's New Year, that you're going to hear today, some stuff from that, directed by Alice Shin, and a simple act from the anthology Her Story in Three Parts, directed by Camille Hollet French. Um, his music can also be heard in season five of CBC's Someone Knows Something podcast. So tune in, guys. The links are above. I did share them. Then we also have David has been recorded by ensembles around the world, notably in London, Budapest, New York, Los Angeles, and Toronto. Sorry, he recorded ensembles. Um, his flight and tribute uh, to Hayao Miyazaki, <laughs> recorded by 54-piece orchestra under his baton at Air Studios, was featured as part of this special presentation at the Ham, I'm sorry, <laughs> Hemispheric in Valencia. Is that right? Close enough. Hemispheric? Hemis- hemispheric. Hemispheric. <laughs> in Valencia, Spain, from January to June of 2015. So we're not even close getting to today. So, like, <laughs> it's closer than you think. When not composing, conducting, producing, arranging, or orchestrating, David can be found performing Renaissance and Baroque music at one of the many Viola da Gamba in recorder. In 2009, he was appointed the music director. 2019. 19, sorry, 2019. We honestly just rushed from downstairs because we thought we were late. So he was appointed the music director of the Rosewood Consort, fueled by his love of early music and historically informed performance. So you can actually check out their performances and what's happening in the link that I've shared as well. David is active in educating filmmakers about the art of practice of film scoring and the process of collaborating with a composer. And he actually teaches a seminar that has been held through Actor Toronto, Raindance Toronto, and Sheridan College. 
So there you go, guys. You can actually learn about the process of scoring and communicating with filmmakers to make your process more efficient. So we'll talk a bit more about that today as well. If you're interested in arranging um, a care and feeding presentation for filmmakers in your area, you can contact David and you can find him on his website, feathermusic.com. SoundCloud forward slash Feather Music. It's Feather Music with a K at the end. So, <laughs> links in um, her bio. Yeah, links are all there, and I'm going to be sharing more. <laughs> then, broswoodconsort.ca if you would like to see the Renaissance performance. You can find him on Facebook at forward slash Feather Music, um, LinkedIn, forward slash Feather Music, Instagram, Feather Music. Twitter, 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 <laughs> Okay, guys, today's going to be a chill podcast. I'm not going to say my words. I'm going to have everybody do it for me. So, <laughs> okay, let, let me just move this dot a little bit away from you so we can see you better. Okay, oh, so, well. So I don't get to hide. Yeah, <laughs> you don't get to hide in today's know, podcast. Yeah. So, welcome, David. Thank you for such having me. Such an extensive bio and such a vast amount of music. So, um, I've been how... at this for, for a little while. <laughs> yes. So, how can you say, what, what do you do? How do you manage like your busiest days um, when you're actively working on a project? Yeah, I manage my, my busiest days actually by being very intentional about the hours mm -hmm. that I'm working. So, I've... I've come into a rhythm that works for me. Um, mm -hmm. I am more of a uh, of a night owl, uh, so I like to get started in the right. afternoons. I like to work through the evenings, and I'm usually uh, pretty good at clocking out around midnight, so I have some time to unwind and decompress before I get a good amount of sleep. Mm -hmm. um, Excellent. So it's, that's true. Like, um, whenever you have something important happening that you have to kind of fit into your day, I was I just read your article on scoring John Lives Again. Yeah. And you said that you're working on a 33 <laughs> hour a day. I feel that sometimes. Like, I need 33 or 36 hours in a day too, right? So let me let me explain a little bit about that. So uh, this is this was an exception to that work set hours and get a good amount of sleep thing. So uh, to back things up a little bit in the master's program at mm -hmm. Berkeley College of Music in Valencia, uh, they trained us really hard in the art and practice of juggling multiple simultaneous things mm -hmm. um, and doing things really well under a very small amount of sleep. So I would go through weeks where I have four or five consecutive 20-hour days. So I'd be 16 hours on campus um, and then going back for more uh, the following day. And it got to the point where um, my program director, Lucio Godoy, was telling me, David, you have to sleep. And I said, but then the work isn't going to get done. Um, and it felt like everything was a test. And what it really was doing was giving us the physical training to be able to uh, draw that last ounce of power when we really needed it. Right. And uh, that came uh, a, less than a year after I graduated when I had to score my first feature film, John Lives Again, mm -hmm. inside of about three weeks. Note to filmmakers, please don't ever do that. 
we had a very hard deadline with festival submissions, and the director had already hired a uh, post-production house mm. before he hired me as composer. It's like, well, we have uh, this much time left and this much budget left. David, Uh-oh. can you do it? And uh, because I had just got off the plane from Los Angeles, uh, of course I said yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, because this was a, a personal referral from uh, a, a musician friend of mine, uh, I didn't want to have her trust in me uh, go misplaced or the challenge unanswered. So with the director, I worked out what I thought was a fair amount of music and fair circumstances given the uh, very small amount of time. Uh, and so I had two weeks to do the writing and rewriting and rewriting, and then came a week of my musical post-production process, uh, music preparation, recording both in uh, in the Greater Toronto area and remotely in Los Angeles, and then coordinating my mix team in Spain. Um, my one of my instructors from Berkeley and Valencia. Uh, Pablo Schuler was actually my mix engineer because uh, mm-hmm. in the master's program he taught a uh, mixing course mm-hmm. and uh, the biggest takeaway that I got at the time was uh, how to get a good mix. Step one, hire him. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, I've since gotten better at, uh, at nice. mixing but there are some still some things where I will right. hire an external mixer but I, uh, in general I know the sound that I want but for the, uh, the score for John Lives Again especially considering I had mm-hmm. very little time to do it uh, and and I had budget. I was very happy to get Perfect. in touch with uh, with Pablo to do the mix, and I was very happy with the work that he did. So, all right, sounds uh, fantastic. <laughs> so, so yeah. to bring it back to the thirty three hour clock, yeah, there are nominally twenty four hours in a standard day. However, I was coordinating uh, teams here. Los Angeles and Spain. There mm-hmm. is an, uh, mm-hmm. an absolute difference of nine hours between Los Angeles and Spain. Mm-hmm. Nine plus 24 is 33. Therefore, <laughs> I was on a 33-hour clock right. uh, with uh, receiving recordings, producing recordings, uh, editing recordings, sending them to Spain, getting them back. Um, it was a uh, like four consecutive 20-hour days, just like I practiced. Wow. Amazing. So, you know, they say you have to practice 10,000 hours. Uh, 10,000 hours is just just a start. Um, And you get a head start on that 10,000 hours if your clock is more than 24 hours, I guess. Wow. Um, But uh, subsequently, Mm -hmm. uh, I I want to believe that I've gotten better at impressing on my my collaborators that this is a process Mm -hmm. and it does take time and you need to schedule things appropriately especially there's a trade-off between how much money are you going to uh, give me to hire uh, a sizable team to do the job that you want Mm -hmm. and how much am I going to have to do myself and how many hours per day uh, can I viably do things and uh, it it all balances out so fortunately it it all depends on the project and the needs of the project some projects I end up doing a lot of live recording some I do none um, mm-hmm. Some I hire uh, team members, like engineers, technicians. Uh, sometimes I do everything myself. It really depends on right. so many variables. Of course, excellent. And I think you do impress your collaborators because they have been referring to you as one of the most reliable and organized composers. So, <laughs> yay! So, I must be doing something. Maybe. 
All right, well, before we get to John Lewis again, I would like to play that at the end because it's a really cool kind of mix of rock and everything else. Yeah, so... Um, so uh, <laughs> it's okay, no worries. Yeah, yeah you wanted to say yeah, something? Yeah, uh, so for, for John Lives Again, which is mm -hmm. a feature film available uh, for viewing on Amazon Prime, free with the Prime Ooh. membership. Uh, nice. The uh, director had licensed a number of 80s Canadian rock tunes, and he wanted the... Uh, the score to be consistent with that. So um, naturally I said yes, and then on the ride home from my meeting, I was like, well, how am I going to do this? <laughs> I, I'd never written 80s rock before, but uh, I mean, I uh, I like listening to it as much as, uh, as anybody. I grew up on 80s rock. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess we can uh, tell more stories about that a bit later. So... Okay, so before we move on into John Lives Again, um, we do have an announcement. David's film, David's score in the film, the film that he scored, is showing at the Canadian Diversity Festival. Is that the name? Yeah, Canadian yes. Diversity Film Festival. Film Festival. So next weekend on Sunday, the links are above too. So make sure guys you check out their event page. You will be hearing Haru's New Year, and that's a short film. So um, I would like to play a little piece just to give you guys a taste of what it sounds like, right? So this is from the credits of the film, and we'll, we'll hear it first, and then you can tell us about how we came together. Sure. Okay? All right? Uh, no, that's, uh, that, that's not it. No. Nope. I'm sorry. <laughs> nope. That's why you that's, don't trust me with things. That's from uh, Cruzar el Umbral, a Spanish oh. short psychological Okay, never thriller. mind. So which one is the credits? That one. That one? No, that one. This one? Yes. Okay. The other that Good one. Good thing we have it. Okay. <laughs>
nice. So <laughs> that's you. a piano solo. Like, actually, the first question I have right away when I hear that is, what's your favorite thing to arrange? Is it for a solo instrument or more of a, like an orchestral score? What's your favorite? What's my favorite? That's like that's like asking who's your favorite <laughs> child. Ah, okay. so is it the soloist child or the ensemble performer? I, I mean, I so I, I grew up as a violinist and I grew up in an orchestral setting. So I have so much love for the orchestra, uh, but I have love for uh, lots of of solo and small ensemble work as well so you know it's it's about what feels right when i'm scoring a project rather than what i like to do Mm -hmm. so in this case the director alice shin was adamant about having a solo piano score because she really liked it okay i agree nice amazing so that's great and isn't it like it really it trains you to go from solo to orchestra then backwards from orchestra to solo or chamber group like it's very different isn't it um Even the, my, my general principle is they're just notes and they're just instruments so yeah. whether it's orchestra or solo piano or 80s rock or uh, or synths or or whatever um it's all about what the best tool is for the job at hand right okay all right, so how would you say this theme came to be? Like, right. how did you generate that idea? Right, so this project was chosen for development through uh, the Real Asian International Film Festivals, mm-hmm. So You Think You Can Pitch program. They have an annual pitch competition. Nice. And Haru's New Year was the pitch competition winner from a couple of years ago. Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I had previously scored the 2015 pitch winner, The Suitcase, which I think we might hear something from yes. later. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so that was the 2015 pitch winner uh, done in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the 2017 pitch winner done in 2018. Um, and so... In December, I reached out to Alice when she was doing a casting call mm-hmm. and said, congratulations on winning the pitch competition. Uh, I scored the suitcase. Uh, I read the synopsis of your film. Uh, sounds like a wonderful story. I'd love to talk to you about your potential musical needs. Mm-hmm. And Alice said, I don't think I need music in my film, but if I change my mind, I will let you know. <laughs> Two months later, she changed her mind. Yeah. And she said, I'm thinking of doing a montage sequence and I'm going to need music. Um, do you... Uh, what do you think about doing something kind of like this mm-hmm. and um, uh, and can you send me examples of uh, of certain things and she also she also trusted me enough to send me a script mm-hmm. so part of my process is I mean if I, if I get a script that's great if I get storyboards that's great uh, I love talking to directors because I want to hear what they think about the project. I want to feel their passion and their excitement for Mm -hmm. the project because that's also what I need to channel when I'm working. Absolutely. So uh, she sent me the script and Mm -hmm. I read it and this it's rare when this happens and wonderful when it does Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean anything when it doesn't happen (laughs) but as soon as I read the opening lines of the script um, I heard uh, th- uh, this in mm-hmm. my head. Okay. So I read the opening lines and I hear this. Ah. As, as I'm reading, as I'm reading. 
And so I, as quickly as I as I can, I grab my my notebook, nice. and I just start scribbling. I start sketching. I, I draw textures. I just when it flows. Just, just, it when flows, it flows, right? it flows. <laughs> and so this is the uh, the opening cue of Hotter's New Year, and it uh, and it just kind of poured out onto my notebook. Amazing. Let's finish it. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> So you can hear the uh, the genesis of what you heard in the in the ending credits cue, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a couple statements of Haru's theme. And so by the time I was uh, a couple read throughs done the script, uh, I had this page of musical spaghetti, and nice. <laughs> uh, then I I set to uh, work in my audio workstation, uh, trying to make it a bit more coherent and holding it in reserve for when. Uh, Alice would want to hear something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it sounds really like it does make you think New Year, Christmas sort of holiday mood, right? right. Does it? But yeah. interesting that um, I think that's what the solo piano brings out, right? Mm. Because you think jingles, you're thinking, you know, mm. warm fireplace mm. by, with your family and playing some songs on the piano and singing along. So it definitely brings that flavor into it. But now, what uh, did you think of the uh, the end cue there? Did you, did you still? Uh, here, kind of uh, holidayish, Christmassy type of thing, or, or do you hear something a bit more? I think more? that's what basically developed it into something else. Um, so Haru yeah. means spring in Japan, and that's one of the uh, the main things about this character. Uh, I wanted to try to capture the essence of of the character Haru. She is she's curious, she's young, she's naive, she's freshly arrived in Toronto. Uh, the story is about uh, her uh, first few days in uh, in Toronto, having just arrived from Japan, and the struggles that she mm-hmm. makes on her first days uh, of, uh, of school, um, getting adjusted and going through culture shock and homesickness and a oh, whole yeah. bunch of uh, of really deep things. And so, but there's also uh, that spark of hope mm-hmm. about her. I think we can definitely hear that. Yeah. Right, it feels it feels like there's a bit of a nostalgia there. A little like, bit. Yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna do, yeah. <laughs> but I do agree that it's a spring because actually many cultures in the world celebrate New Year in the spring, including mm-hmm. my own. Like if you go back to Ukraine, paganism, mm-hmm. we have seasons, and that's how we you know celebrate New Year. So we celebrate it in the spring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, which one is the end cue? So Help the, me out here. Uh, so the one <laughs> that one? We, the one that we listened to before is that one. Yeah. Oh. So you want to hear it again? Yeah. So, That's it, right, right. It feels like to me, like the new potential doors opening, kind of opportunities coming along. So there's still a bit of that sadness in it, but it's kind of like, you know, I can do this, right? I haven't watched the movie, guys, but I'm just saying that from the music. Yeah. <laughs> All so, right, yeah. amazing. So, so, why? so, yes? uh, in, so more, more about uh, so how how this all uh, came about. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so she sent me the script while they were shooting, and it was a couple months before she got back to me to say we're about to film the last scene. Yay! Um, and I don't know if we want to save this for save this story for later, um, or if you want me to tell it now. It's about up to you. Um, it's a free podcast. It's a free podcast. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It, 
Uh, we might touch on something a bit yes. later okay. that will connect to this. And uh, is it during uh, during the suitcase? You would like to talk about it, or uh, later? Later, 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 okay. later. <laughs> later. Okay. Later. So since I messed up my files here, <laughs> what would you like to transition into? Is it the flight, or should we touch on the suitcase now? Um, uh, since we we set up with Haru, we can talk about uh, the suitcase. So the hey. uh, so Haru was basically musically a love letter to um, to some of my my great film influences uh, nice I got to channel a little bit of Joe Hisaishi and uh, Yuichi Sakamoto with the uh, the solo piano uh, mm-hmm. cinematic Japanese oh, yeah. uh, because I felt that was uh, and, and Alice agreed that this was the character of the film and we'll see this in the suitcase, I mean, we could either go suitcase or flight. Okay. Um, I think suitcase makes sense since this was yeah. kind of after the suitcase, right? right. So, so, so in general, for every project, I believe that the the music should have a concept that either complements or supplements the concept of the film. Yes. And so this is so. Haru's New Year was very much in the Japanese structural style. Mm-hmm. Um, the music. Uh, was borrowing from those influences and the suitcase which I did a couple of years prior mm-hmm. uh, taps into my experience with traditional Chinese music. Woo! Okay, I, I personally love that score. I think that it was so unique and how you use the traditional instruments um, throughout the whole thing. You're yeah. Not just in patches. Some composers do like, oh, there's a flavor. You get right. this is Chinese. Let's move on. But the whole thing is like that. So have a listen, guys. These are the end credits, and I hope I got the right file. Okay. <laughs> And that one kind of just like sums it all up. <laughs> that's, ba- that's, that's basically what the end credits are for. Yes. Um, I love writing end credits because it does, as you say, allow mm-hmm. me to do a musical summary of yep. everything. And it allows me to, um, you know, not hold back for once in the yes. uh, entire piece. Just make it all just, about the music. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> uh, I make it all about the story. So actually, yes, so yes. We're, we're going a bit backwards here, starting off with the end credits. No but worries. Uh, stylistically, this is a bit of a catharsis because the film is only like 10 or 11 minutes long, but it is so packed with emotion. I've been told mm-hmm. that it feels much longer because it takes you on such a ride from beginning to end. And that's a, a testament to the story writing prowess of the writer-director Phil Lung. Absolutely. And so this was, uh, again, uh, chosen for development through the Real Asian Pitch Competition. This film is about a young girl who gets smuggled from rural China into Toronto inside a suitcase. Suitcase! Whoa! And uh, (laughs) the story is about her trying to piece together what's going on in the world around the suitcase, uh, courtesy of staying on the phone for as long as she can with her mom. So she's weaving these fanciful stories about these mythic creatures, uh, (laughs) transporting the suitcase. Um, We're traveling on the backs of pigs from the farm to a giant cannon that's going (laughs) to shoot you across the the ocean, that sort of (laughs) thing, trying to keep her calm. And these um, fanciful sequences are... um, they're ha- they're animated, so the film is half live action, half animated, and the animated sequences uh, reflect the movie in her mind. So my approach to the score was, how do we score the movie in her mind? What is the the soundtrack that accompanies the movie in her mind? And so mm-hmm. this is, what would she have known in the uh, in in rural China growing up? And we could have gone in a couple different directions. Um, but we settled on uh, on traditional Chinese music. Um, and so what you heard in the end credits queue was a large version of the uh, the main character's theme, which we mm. hear for the first time uh, a few minutes in, and that's uh, On the Backs of Pigs. Okay. I knew you would want me to play that one, yeah, but somehow so... I didn't prepare it. That's okay. <laughs> Okay, so we're going back here. Is it this one? This one? It is. Yeah. So there yeah. we go. Okay, let's listen to this one. Yeah, so, this one's really so fun. See, so see if you can... Can it fit in your apartment? <laughs> we can have pads. Maybe next one, next apartment. Maybe I'll your get next a pig, apartment. That's it. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, in in terms of just how uh, in tune I was with the director, I don't. So, well, sometimes, and we'll talk about this a bit later. Yeah. Sometimes I work with musical references that the director sends, like kind of like fabric swatches. Like, can you can you do this? Can you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, the first few seconds of the reference that he sent me uh, kind of sounded like what I'd already planned for this cue. That's amazing. So yeah. we were uh, absolutely on the In same tune. same yeah. wavelength. Cool. I love it when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Way it's ahead like, of you. It's like one time I was thinking of calling you and then you called me first. 
or vice versa. It, 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 it's, uh, <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> it's like that sometimes. Awesome. Well, I also very much like the, um, the one where Mother's oh, Farewell. Yeah. Mother's Farewell. Right. Can right. we play that cue? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, so do you want to... Yeah. I love it how he changes from that dramatic tremolo to sort of like way I have to kind of be calm, collect myself, see what's out there, what else I can do, sort of thing. Makes you feel that way, right? Right. So <laughs> in this scene, um, the suitcase has been pulled off of the uh, the scanning conveyor, and they've called in the canine squad <gasps> to see what's going on inside the suitcase, mm-hmm. and. Uh, th- her mother is on the other end telling her to keep quiet uh, that yes you do hear dogs but they're friendly uh, <laughs> they're uh, they're really saying uh, I wish I could go on adventures like uh, like you but she has to keep really really quiet oh, wow. um, so uh, when the director and I were talking about the music for this portion of the scene we were going back and forth about playing it one of two different ways uh, one to um, try to play the the calmness in her mother's voice um, or what you ended up hearing mm-hmm. was uh, amping up the tension uh, to prove that her mother is lying through her teeth about oh. this um, and and so in uh, in recording and uh, and mixing this I got the uh, the microphones really close and I 
uh, I amplified uh, some of that close scrapiness, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, especially in, in, in the the good yeah 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 just to so that the so that we could feel the uh, the dogs practically breathing down her neck, and nice. then in the latter half of the queue we take a step back, and this is the moment where. Uh, uh, where her mother says goodbye and uh, the rest of the journey continues. So in the first half, we hear a uh, a minor version of uh, Gier's theme. And then in the second half, we hear the journey theme mm-hmm. for the first time. And that carries us through to uh, practically the end of the film. Right. It made me feel like, okay, you're on your own now. Yeah. You have to do something that keeps you in the... And, sane mindset, and, right? And, and that's exactly what it says in the mm. film. You're you're on your own from this point on. You have to use your imagination to carry the journey. And yep. um, I've seen this film a thousand times, both through working at, <laughs> and working on it and in festivals. And I still get goosebumps every time that scene plays. And um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so this one and like uh, one a couple scenes later, um, I. Uh, I was really emotional, even reading the script. Like, wow. uh, so it's the the mother's farewell, uh, the last half of that cue we just heard. I I ugly cried when I was reading the script. So good job, Phil. Wow. Uh, and and then I, I was just a mess while writing this. It's really powerful. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it does give me goosebumps just from the music. I haven't watched all of these movies, but just from the music, that's how clear the message is. That. You can just watch the film without the visuals, and it still does the same for you, right? But watch the film. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> so what I want to circle back to is that in in the end, I'm I'm scoring a film. I'm not scoring a script. I'm not scoring storyboards. I'm I'm not even scoring an idea. Mm-hmm. I'm scoring lots of an uh, lots of ideas. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I'm scoring a film. Yes. And so. What I the music that I end up coming up with in collaboration with my uh, my director producer, um, it has to match the story that's being told on screen. Doesn't matter if I read the script and come up with uh, yeah. a concept or ideas or sketches mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. that that's great. Yeah, it's a um, part of the process. It's but it's only yeah. a part of the process, and I've gotten it completely wrong because I've made inferences from scripts and I'm trusting that it's going to be filmed a certain way mm-hmm. and edited a certain way and it isn't and so yeah. I have to uh, change my concept to go in line with the concept that has actually been filmed so the bottom line here is you have to speak to the director you have to speak to the filmmakers to make absolutely. sure that you want you're on the same page absolutely right and that's why you host your seminar yeah well <laughs> so are we segueing into that now we can yeah, uh, okay. we can absolutely dive into that. Why not? So, um, <laughs> in 2017, mm-hmm. I worked with four teams in uh, Actra Toronto's uh, Yash Shorts Filmmaking Residency. Every nice. year, Actra Toronto uh, has a filmmaking program for members of their Young Emerging Actors Assembly, mm-hmm. or Actra Yeah for short. <laughs> uh, and this program uh, enables uh, members in this division, people with a camera age of 17 to 30, to mm-hmm. make films. That's and nice. so these actors get to produce, and in 
uh, other circumstances, uh, write, act, and direct as well sometimes. Um, in 2017, all of the people who I worked with were uh, multi-hyphenate, so I think they all wrote, they all produced, and they all acted. Um, some of them even directed as well. Mm -hmm. And these producers were making films for the first time. And I love working with first-time filmmakers because uh, I love making a good first impression on what this film scoring thing is all about. Right. That being said, I even though it was a gratifying experience to work with these brilliantly talented people, mm -hmm. uh, I also had the opportunity to answer the same questions over and over again yep. and watch them <laughs> encounter the same situations over mm -hmm. and over again. And by the time I did this about three times, um, I started wondering there must be a better way of doing this. Yes. Turns out there wasn't, so I wrote it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and so I, I started, uh, basically as soon as I, I finished the, uh, the, the writing season on this, so this was scoring three films in as many weeks, the fourth one ran out of time. Mm -hmm. um, I started jotting down what are the most important things that I wish these producers would have known going into this, and it kind of took off from mm -hmm. there. So, uh, I my goal is to demystify a lot of our processes. The goal of the seminar, the care and feeding of your composer, is to educate filmmakers on the art and practice of film scoring as they need to know it. Um, it's about how to make the most out of your collaboration with your composer, how to communicate with us, how to find us. Yeah. Um, and uh, Don't just get anyone, get the good ones. <laughs> and and uh, there's a section of the seminar that actually discusses um, what to look for in hiring a composer. Mm -hmm. But we start off with uh, examining the concept of what is film music and what does it do, what is it for, uh, why do we have it, and most importantly, do we need it? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, there is no clear answer anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and whether you do, whether you don't, uh, what kind of music you have, I want the filmmakers to think critically about that. Depends uh, on the project, right? It absolutely it depends. depends. It, it yeah. depends on the project, and there are no givens. Yes. Um, and it's like Hans Zimmer said. I know for sure that when I start off the project, I don't know how to do your movie. <laughs> it's a blank canvas. Yeah, these masterclass. So it right it absolutely is right a on. blank canvas, and mm -hmm. I, I love involving the director or producer in these creative decisions because it's their project infinitely more than it is mine. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm just an ingredient, and I need to make sure that my ingredient is mixing in with all the rest. That's why I'm so mm -hmm. big on on concept. Um, and I have long drawn out, uh, hopefully thoughtful conversations with my collaborators to that end. Um, and so once we examine the concept of what does film music do? Um, how do I use it? Mm -hmm. um, what's it for? Mm -hmm. um, then we talk about the process and uh, the fact that it is a process and not just an event is <laughs> blissfully news to mm -hmm. a lot of people. So uh, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And then I explain uh, what goes into the process, including how much time the various stages of the process take and uh, how much it's going to cost. Yep. And I explain uh, 
uh, many of the variables that go into determining the time and the cost of projects. So like if you are going to need a uh, well, if you're going to need more music, then mm -hmm. that's going to physically take more time to write. Yep. More if, work. More work. Mm -hmm. If you're going to need more live recording, that's going to take more time and money. Mm -hmm. um, I encourage my collaborators to make decisions from an artistic lens rather than strictly financial, but mm -hmm. uh, these are all uh, interrelated. Yeah. Um, so, so we have the concept of um, do I even need film music? Um, what's the process? Uh, how long does it take? How much does it mm -hmm. cost? Mm -hmm. um, and the, the most important one, um, I, I think, is um, how do we communicate? Because the first thing that almost every collaborator that I've ever worked with has said to me is, um, I don't know how to talk to you because I'm not musical. <laughs> oh, or yeah. some variation of I don't know what I want but I'll know it when I hear it mm -hmm, that sort of mm -hmm. thing so if if that sounds like you or someone that you know you should definitely uh, arrange a seminar oh, yeah. uh, and so I equip the filmmakers in the seminar with the tools for mitigating that and uh, helping them realize that in fact it's more helpful if you refrain from trying to speak to me like a musician mm -hmm. and speak to me more instead like at bare minimum a member of your storytelling team because that's what I am mm -hmm. exactly. uh, talk to me about story talk to me about emotions what you want mm -hmm. your audience to feel and how the music can help with that and sometimes the answer is music sometimes the answer is sound design and sometimes the answer is nothing silence silence <laughs> uh, Silence That's is gold awesome. and duct tape yeah. is silver. It's part of the music, right? Right. I mean, it's, it's it belongs part of, in there. It's part of the atmosphere of <laughs> yep. the film. Absolutely. Um, and let your score breathe for a change. Let your film breathe. And <laughs> yep. uh, I, I go into this in, in the seminar, and I, actually about letting your score breathe, letting yeah. your film breathe, yeah. because yeah, yeah. Uh, what I've found is that a lot of people end up getting nervous about their project, and I get it. You've watched it a thousand <laughs> times, you know every frame inside out and backwards, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's starting to get dull, and you hope that music, this new thing, is going to mm -hmm. rejuvenate uh, this spark that you've had with your film baby and get your mojo back. <laughs> and so that can often lead to wanting to smother the film with music, because you're so used to hearing it without, and yeah. uh, music is... At, at, at this state, at, at the uh, end of the process, and the post-production process, mm -hmm. when you are tired and limping towards the finish line, music is new. Music is shiny, and music can help. Nice. Uh, I remember back yeah. in the day, a few years ago, you showed me one of your projects from school that you had to write music for an existing film with Matt Damon or something. There was a fighting oh. scene, oh, yeah, and it originally didn't have music. That's what I was told. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> So you had to do it as a project, as a separate thing. But imagine this being a part of the movie that was very action-packed with yeah. a lot of music. And I think that would make perfect sense that the director chose not to do the music in there because that just makes it so much more intense, right? It just kind of makes you wait. Like, wait, what's going to happen? Are they going to kill each other or what? <laughs> uh, I, I think the music helps yeah. direct the focus of the audience and we need to make sure that the audience is directed in the direction that you intend Mm -hmm. So not only are you directing the action on screen as a director, you're also directing the audience. Yes, absolutely. Um, so 
so as I said, uh, talk to me like a storyteller. You can also use some of the other bits of cinematic vocabulary that you know. Um, basically, what I found uh, in working with a lot of, uh, of students is that if you go to film school, you learn about directing, about acting, about editing, writing, cinematography, you know, the core fundamentals without which a film simply does not exist. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have a film without music, but a film without cinematography is going to be a little bit more difficult. So, <laughs> it's just going to be music. <laughs> well, um, uh, so... Uh, if you go to film school, you develop uh, the shared vocabulary with your other collaborators, and music is regarded as this other discipline. Mm-hmm. And so the seminar is hoping to fill in the gaps of everything you were never told nice. about film music. That's amazing. So hopefully equipping people with the tools to be able to communicate effectively with uh, with their musical counterparts. That's fantastic. How uh, can they book the seminar with you? Can uh, they contact you via your website? Yes, uh, you can contact me via your website. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'd love to do is to get this more into schools. So mm-hmm. uh, I've already done one presentation at Sheridan. Uh, other nice. educators, if you're listening uh, around Ontario and elsewhere, uh, I would love to have the opportunity to uh, get into your filmmaking classes mm-hmm. and uh over the course of an hour or so, uh, 60 to 90 minutes, depending on uh, how many, t- uh, how long we have for a Q&A, mm-hmm. um, give people the education that they, uh, they haven't had up to this point. That's amazing. Uh, I also talk about how to find a uh, composer. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, before we, uh, we do that, actually, in terms yeah. of communication, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, I sort of mentioned musical references um, and uh, that often comes in the form of uh, of temp tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So for the uninitiated, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, for the uninitiated. Um, <laughs> so if you can't speak, so so rather than a, a director trying to tell me, uh, I want uh, this cue at this tempo using this instrumentation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I will get musical references, and in and of themselves, those aren't necessarily bad things it's all in how you use them because it helps you kind of just put it in a context well it it can help them put it 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 can help them put it in a context the thing is that so in in many projects editors or in larger projects music editors will make a temporary soundtrack uh, or a temp track with pre-existing music to mm-hmm. uh, time edits, to mm-hmm. uh, to cut scenes, uh, to demonstrate the... So just the, to be clear, yeah. are, is that music yours or somebody else's that you find and just put in there to show them what it could sound like? So it's not for me to do. Uh, uh-huh. Usually editors or music editors do, do it. Okay, got and, it. And that music can come from anywhere. Anywhere. Sometimes okay. it's uh, from the composer that they're considering. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes it's from famous movies. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's from free music libraries um, it, the thing is that you can use whatever you want mm-hmm. as uh, as part of this temporary soundtrack this temp track um, it, even if it's well known uh, which yeah. makes for a very convenient emotional shorthand the problem with that is that you can use whatever you want for a temp track because nobody else is going to hear it, yeah. uh, at which point it becomes part of the creative DNA of the project. Mm-hmm. And so that leads to 
directors, producers, and, and others involved getting very attached to the flavor of the temp track. Yeah. And so that <laughs> has led me to, uh, to compete with some very high-profile uh, composers. Yikes. Um, <laughs> So it's circling back to uh, to something before. Uh, this is this is the, the later later that I okay, promised. Okay, okay. So um, so back to Haru's New Year. A couple months had gone by. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a message saying we're about to um, to film the final scene, and I need to be sure that you're right for us. So do you have something that sounds like this? Mm-hmm. And my my standard answer to do you have is no, but I can make it. Because, you know, I I love to make something fresh that is custom tailored to your project that uh, you can be proud of of having something to call your own. It's the difference between having something custom tailored Mm -hmm. and getting something off the shelf. There's room in the ecosystem for both, but Mm -hmm. for something especially like Haru's New Year, um, I really felt that it deserved something custom now mm-hmm. over the previous couple of months with the script in my hand i had as i mentioned uh, sketched out themes and ideas and textures and had been mm-hmm. assembling them mm-hmm. into my audio workstation holding it in reserve until the time came to Yay. show the so it helps to sketch out things <laughs> it absolutely does and as i said before I have to hope that I get it right because this is my interpretation yeah. at, the, at this point. So uh, the director asked, do you have something that sounds like this? And this is a cue that I recognize from a well-known Japanese animation series uh-huh. um, nice. that people say two things about. Uh, number one, this series is a tearjerker. And number two, Aww. oh my God, the music is so good. And, oh. And I am inclined to agree with both of those statements. The show is, it, it, it just gets you uh, right here, and mm-hmm. the music is really good. Nice. And so I recognize it, and I'm like, uh, oh my God, how am I going to compete with this? I can't outright this. <laughs> um, so the director also tells me that uh, it's going to be at least a, a week before she's ready to hear from me again. So I spend most of the rest of the week uh, freaking out about how I'm going to uh, <laughs> outright this amazingly good yeah, yeah. Uh, piece of temp score. It's a high standard, yeah. Uh, so I take the theme that I had already written, which you heard in the end credits, mm-hmm. and I adapt it sort of in the direction of this temporary cue. And uh, so I, I try to make it sound not exactly completely scored to picture. She sends me a, a rough cut of the scene that she's thinking of. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to make it sort of half half scored to picture, kind of uh, this is the impression, or uh, the other half being, um, this is just something I had laying around. This mm-hmm. old thing, oh yeah, you can, you can use it if you want. <laughs> but, but, but of course it, it was adapting this theme in this very specific mm-hmm, mm-hmm. direction. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, so I do so. I send it to her just as a, as a WAV file so that she can uh, paste it into her editing program and it'll, it'll, it'll sort of work. Yeah, yeah. And I also send her um, my theme draft um, as, as well. So this is basically, now is the time I'm going to send you what I have, all cards on the yeah. table. Um, and so uh, A, I get hired. And Hi. B, uh, she takes the 
the she takes half of my theme demo um, and she temps disappears. <laughs> she disappears. No. no, she she temps okay, the that end. was good. Thanks. No, no. She takes the uh, the the half of half of the theme demo and she temps the final scene of the film with it. So mm-hmm. uh, that cue's already pretty much done. So she nice. so she has uh, used my music as part of the temporary soundtrack. Uh, or the the guide music for uh, for this film. So, mm-hmm. uh, what we're nice. going to hear next is uh, yes. my theme adapted in that direction to go with a a montage sequence that we get halfway through the film. Okay. So it's uh, that one. This one. Okay, got it. beautiful so there's like a different like change of scenes and stuff right yeah yeah so this is uh, this is over a montage sequence Mm -hmm. um it's um well tell me what you what you're inferring from well i'm thinking that probably the main character is seeing like different parts of her life at that stage like there's some crowds walking by she's kind of like alone and isolated and then there's something else and then there's her like developing sort of more social connections and I don't know I haven't watched it but that's what I'm feeling okay there's a a change from this kind of like solitude towards you know there's hope for my life here are you sure you haven't seen this film yet Uh, (laughs) that's from your music you're telling me the story well uh, I guess you'll have to uh, come out on the 11th of the Canadian Diversity Film Festival and uh, go ahead guys check it out Uh, you too Um, I'll try do your best (laughs) 
Um, I have so, more guests to interview. <laughs> so, um, so another note about this. So, uh, as I said, that this for me was a bit of a love letter to uh, some of the Japanese composers yes, yes. that I uh, that I adored. This was also uh, kind of a love letter to a pianist that mm-hmm. uh, I had been wanting to work with for years. Uh, he and I met back in our undergrad at uh, University of Toronto. Uh, we bonded mm-hmm. uh, one night over um, video game music. We had a, a jam playing some of our favorite Final Fantasy tunes. Um, and we kept up a uh, friendship. And I, uh, I, I love hiring uh, my incredibly skilled friends who have now gone on to become professional musicians. So nice. oftentimes when I... Uh, I get a, a, a scoring gig. I think about who can I get in on this? Who can I work with? Who have I wanted to work with? Um, and so this uh, amazing concert pianist, uh, Mark Andrews, uh, this was actually his uh, first film recording session, mm-hmm. uh, but you would never know it. Um, he... Uh, so he's more of a concert pianist mm-hmm. and, and an amazing uh, educator. Um, but I knew that from our shared love of this kind of music that he would have the right soul, mm. the right feel. Nice. For yeah. You the... got to know your performers. When you're writing, like I do the same thing. When I'm writing something, I already know who I'm writing it for. Right. Like specific person playing that specific instrument right and and i've done that multiple times Mm -hmm. and i am never disappointed um and so so you you write for musicians you don't write for instruments yeah because really i could have gotten any session pianist that i wanted (laughs) um, but i specifically wanted mark andrews for this uh, for this score because as I said I knew that he had the, the right feel for this he would be able to interpret it uh, nice. exactly the way I wanted so we are getting kind of short on time today. who are you calling short? <laughs> but I, w- I did I do have two more cues I'd yeah. like to play one of them is from John Lives Again yeah. and Flight so how what would Let's, you say about well, flight? Does that fit into our position yeah. here? Yeah okay. it does um, so Flight was uh, my master's thesis composition mm. from my year at uh, Berkeley College of Music at their nice. Valencia, Spain campus. And uh, we got to have the opportunity to record with a 54-piece orchestra of some of the best musicians in the world awesome. at one of the best studios on the planet. Wow. So Okay, we have to play this now. So, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, when I later looked at who was in the lineup, I recognized some of the names uh, of the musicians from their performance on film scores that I love. So uh, later realizing that I had some of my film scoring heroes uh, under my baton, that was uh, just the icing on the cake. Wow. So, uh, so this amazing. was uh, meant to be a, a tribute to Hayao Miyazaki. I mm-hmm. uh, cobbled together an anime music video um, and uh, wrote this for that. Wow. Okay. So, Let's hear it, guys.
Hop on a dragon and fly across the west to roast. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I can totally feel that. Like 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 you're 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 rising and there's the horizon and then everybody looks like ants. <laughs> That's really cool. I, wow. I come with my own inflate entertainment. And what a different a texture, right? You can hear the whole orchestra and every every little thing is just it speaks, right? So that's amazing. Wow. <laughs> Have you had such an opportunity to record with a huge orchestra after this? Since then, uh, no. Not yet. No, Not okay. yet. So still it's counting coming. the days. It's coming. It's coming back. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, so um, in, in direct contrast to that. So, um, yeah. so growing up as a classical violinist, uh, writing orchestral music, uh, working with uh, some great string players uh, all over the world, especially... Um, a shout out to my friends in the Odin Quartet here in Toronto. Um, a lot of people think that I write, um, well, little more than symphonies and string quartets. And so in, in all cases, I love projects that challenge me mm -hmm. and make people listening to my music go, wait, that came out of you? <laughs> and so it's, yeah. it, it's happened with flight that it's uh, generated that response. Wait, that came out of you? <laughs> Uh, and uh, on more than one occasion, uh, this next piece has made other people similarly go, wait, what? <laughs> is it you? <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite at the moment because I'm all into like rock, right? Yeah. I love rock and gypsy and mix of those two things. I feel like this is something that, oh, by the way, you, yeah. you guys never knew. David and I have written a musical together <laughs> in the past. We haven't produced it or anything, but um, when we were writing that story, this is kind of close to what it would sound like well, in the end. Well, maybe maybe for for a couple of things. Yeah, well, was, uh, I think Vera was surprised. It to, was a to, parody, sort of. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. Well, I, I think uh, Vera was surprised to learn that in addition to the uh, traditional orchestral stuff, that I also. Uh, had uh, apparently classic rock chops. So, wow, I know. <laughs> so this was. So these are the end credits, end credits for, for John Lives Again. For John Lives Again, uh, romantic comedy. The one we started with today. <laughs> the one we started talking about. Today. Yep. Okay, ready? Here we go.
so that's a summary of some of the themes that you'll hear through the score of, uh, of that film. Uh, like we said, uh, I like to do end credits cues as effectively one last musical impression. Yeah, so Definitely. that's the John theme, isn't it? Uh, is it yeah, the, is it the live live part, the John and live? So uh, <laughs> actually, uh, you bring up uh, one of my compositional techniques. Um, mm. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I like to sneak in what's called musical cryptograms. That is spelling out words and things uh, using uh, the tones of the of the musical scale. So basically, assigning uh, each note. Uh, a number of letters and then seeing what happens when I try to spell things. Um, <laughs> I've done that at school. You've it done that at school. It, it is pretty fun. <laughs> so uh, so with, with that, I, I, I am just going to pull up a, uh, a piano app here to kind of give you an idea of what I'm talking about here. So I, uh, I wrote out uh, a letter matrix uh, with the the notes of the musical scale, starting with A, B, C, D, E, F, G, uh, and then uh, H in uh, German is B. Is B. Yeah. But I, so I also used uh, used B flat selectively, which is, which is B. Yeah, yeah. So so really, my row was. Well, I, I could do whatever I really wanted. So, <laughs> so the row was really G, A, B flat, C, D, E, F, G, H, but mm-hmm. also throwing in other things as well. So um, it turned out that uh, these letters formed uh, formed uh, patterns and motifs, mm-hmm. and I kind of. Uh, sculpted them to make musical sense. Nice. Um, so, uh, for the most part, uh, the uh, the John motif uh, s- sounded initially. So, uh, so the letter J mapped mm-hmm. onto B, which I decided was going to be B flat. Um, mm-hmm. O was going to be G. Um, H ended up being. B natural mm-hmm. and then N was F so mm-hmm. didn't actually sound as good as I thought it would maybe for a thriller like or a, yeah <laughs> maybe for a thriller like or a suspense scary, something, yeah. scary. <laughs> something scary something scary but for a rom-com maybe not so I, I, I took uh, creative license and I softened out the uh, the H and made that mm-hmm. a B, and that is a multilingual musical joke. Yeah. Bemol. I softened the B into a B flat. Ah. Ah. So, so, so it ended up being. Huh, that sounds like a motif. Yeah, because in Russian too, yeah. flat is bemol. Yes. That's... So, <laughs> so. So. Cool. Uh, and so you still took your, like, um, whatever generated with the mathematical sort of. Right, the processes you then still make a decision to kind of change it to feel right. Right, it's right. a combination yeah. of math and logic, mm-hmm. which I call magic. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so again, uh, or, or the word again. So a, g, a, uh, I also mapped onto a, and then n as before was f. So, mm-hmm. so you cool. run the, the two together. You get John again. Uh huh. 
and yeah. and you, you put that together and you uh, you get John again. Right. Uh, now, what happened to Lives? Um, <laughs> Lives. Uh, I thought I was going to make more of that, um, but uh, you you do hear it in one prominent cue in the, uh, towards the end of the film, mm-hmm. uh, but. I think lives was something like that mm-hmm. because uh, S is E flat. Mm-hmm. So nice. I think yeah, I think it was this where L mapped onto D, I was A, mm-hmm. V was F, and then I decided that S e was flat. going to be S E flat. Mm-hmm. Um, Cool. And because so you got a group, S-E-S is, is E flat in German yeah. too. Ah. Yeah. So so you got <laughs> John, you got again, you got a, a groovy kind of chord. Uh-huh. Um and so um is it the be all and the end all sometimes? It's a, <laughs> at the very least a uh, a good starting point. Yeah. So, it's like just to get you moving. Like if you ever feel stuck or you just don't really see another way of ideas coming to you, um I feel like there's always like a never-ending process of things to try to bring out your your idea right yeah so because your creative process it's it's like it's bottomless like you're never really stuck it just makes it feel like that in your mind so you can do this or you can do like okay i'm gonna go outside if i hear a bird chirp something i'm gonna use those notes right so it yeah it could be anything really yeah. so you're never stuck it's just the way to kind of get you started yeah. and then you can see how you piece shapes and like form those ideas already mm-hmm. Making decisions Make in the de- process. That's yeah. basically it. Make a decision yeah. and go from there. Yeah. And uh, and um, you know, the faster that you you get at practicing making decisions, uh, the less you'll feel stuck, or the less writer's block you will you will feel that you are uh, you're encountering. Absolutely. So, so, what we do want to do now, though? Yeah. Speaking of moving things. In the process. <laughs> Moving things along. <laughs> um, we do, we play a little game on our show, right? Uh-huh. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to set a countdown for one minute. Uh-oh. And I'm going to ask you 10 stupid questions. <laughs> stupid questions. <laughs> Some of them are funny questions. Some of them are actual real questions. Some of them make you think hard, but you have to give an answer fast. Sure. So basically, it's like without overthinking, okay. just answer the first thing that comes to your mind, right? I overthink, therefore it depends. I, I know, I know. So that's that's a good test for you, actually, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Let me just pull up my track here. So the countdown's pretty cool, too. Okay. All right. So okay. 60 seconds so, on the yeah, clock. 60 seconds. I'm going to read the first question. Okay. So are we ready? Yeah. What's your favorite instrument to write for? Violin. All right. At what age did you pick up violin? Three. Okay. What do you prefer to arrange for, orchestral or chamber music? Um, why do I have to pick one? <laughs> what was the name of your first music teacher? Uh, Clara Schultz, I think. Wow. Okay. What motivates you, in short? Um, writing a good story, telling a good story. Nice. Which YouTuber you just can't stop watching? You. Oh, uh, your most memorable projects, name three. Uh, suitcase, Hunter's New Year, uh, John Lives Again. Okay, name three people you admire. Um, you, uh, Isaac Perlman, and uh, my great teacher, Lucia Godoy. Okay, dogs or cats? Um, I grew up with a cat. All right, name three composers you follow on Facebook. Um, Bear McCreary, uh, John Powell, and any of my Berkeley Valencia classmates. Woo! Look at that! Okay, let it play. Nice. Yeah. Oh my god. Yay. Yay. 
So congrats, David. You made it. Yeah. And I have a gift for you, but it hasn't arrived yet. So okay. <laughs> we have to wait five or six more days, I think. Yeah. I'm not leaving and here I, until it arrives. Because I, <laughs> I like to reward the people that I interview in person. I saw you had a guest I, room. I'm staying here until it arrives. <laughs> Sure, you can, you can go ahead, go ahead. I don't mind, you know. We'll have a, an interview every day. Sure. <laughs> you can tell us all about everything in your process. Sounds so, good. yay! That yes. was so fun. Way to go. Thank you. Awesome. So, thanks for coming in today. Thank but you for before, having me. My pleasure. So, before we move on, though, before we go, yeah. I do want to hear, like, what was, yeah. what's the one piece of sort of final advice or wisdom or something you would tell a modern young composer who wants to get in the industry who wants to get hired who wants to get their music out there connect with you know directors what's the one thing you would say is the most important to kind of leave them with right now understand how you learn um, it takes a lot of discipline to do this it takes a lot of effort it takes a lot of practice and the sooner that you understand how you learn things uh, whether it's in uh, a structured uh, academic type of environment or a writing group with your peers um, mm -hmm. the the better off you'll be know yourself I think that's the pretty good universal advice know, know yourself yeah know thyself all right yeah. <laughs> well thanks so much David it was Thank such you. a pleasure for me I learned so much just by like doing the research on uh, all of your pieces this past week <laughs> I think I've learned more than I've learned like in half a year of my master's program no way <laughs> well you know it, on some level yes in fact I think like with this whole podcast I'm learning so much more than I've learned with like you say a structured academic environment yeah. even though I love my program I love everything I did so but yeah so thank you so much thank I you. would love to have you back sometime okay. maybe a couple months from now when you're working something new or you have something more to show us I know there's always something more <laughs> right so it's a bottomless kind of ocean of music so, guys check out david on his website federmusic.ca.com okay.com it's a k at the end so federmusic with a k federmusic.com find him on instagram on facebook on linkedin it's the same federmusic.com and you can you can hire him to do a seminar for you if you run a school or a class or anything for filmmakers and composers absolutely booking for that he's amazing at breaking down the process as you've seen today and such awareness of like everything that's happening all the moving parts in it all the solid parts in it so um i think he's an amazing person just to have and talk to and you know you will get a whole new perspective on everything that you have to accomplish so thank you guys so much tune in next week and we'll be back with david as well so stay tuned check out his projects check out his website have a listen go to see his movie so next weekend haru's new year premieres it again Canadian no, it doesn't premiere, dev, nope. it doesn't premiere. It's, it's just screening again so screening <laughs> Canadian <laughs> Diversity Film Festival. I did it. <laughs> the premiere was last fall. Uh, we yes. hope you were in the audience for that. But if mm -hmm. uh, if not, you have the chance to see it again. Absolutely. Great film. I loved working I'd on love it. I'd love to go too, yeah. Hope to see you there. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Thank you, David. Thank you. Bye. Have an amazing day. And we are... That's all, folks. If you like Iron Fiddle songs, download them at com forward slash music. See you next time.